Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert. Even before you start, that was a preemptive shh. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. I already had someone created in my image. He's evil, he wants to take over the world, and he fits easily into most overhead storage bins. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket. Ticketfm.com. Why? Why? Nick Sainer and Rico hanging out with you guys. Not any better. Just chew it. Just finish it. Anyway, as always, 402-464-5685. I made the horrible mistake of putting a mint in my mouth during the commercial break. Thinking, oh, it'll it'll dissolve by the time we get back on the air. We're bringing Zach on early because you can't talk. <laughs> we bring in Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. Zach, what's up, man? How's life? Oh, uh, treat me well, man. We're uh, we got here. Me and Steve made it here safe and sound. Honestly, I know it's always stressful travel, but nothing to really, uh, not much to complain about uh, on this one. But actually, I know people love hearing complaints. The only thing I, I can't complain about is here over at the hotel, I uh, I went to the vending machine, picked okay. out Pringles, and it fell through, and it it did that classic thing where it falls onto something else. Oh, no it, way. I didn't get my Pringles. Oh. And I start I just laughed and shook my head. I'm like, I feel like this is something that only happens in sitcoms. I joke with Jansen, our digital guy, I'm like... This uh, this sounds like something that would happen to Doug Heffernan and King of Queens. Yes. As soon as I said that, I was like, wait, that actually did happen to Doug in an episode of King of Queens. So I'm hey, living a sitcom life right now. Then you just got to stand there with your hands in your pockets, smiling at the camera. <laughs> yep. The, cue the laughing track, as Jansen said. Yeah. I, I started tapping the thing. But I'm like, you know what? It's like eight Pringles. I'm not going to make a scene about it. Yeah. Yeah. I have this. Uh, I have. I would be pretty annoyed. I'd probably start shaking the vending machine, you know, and trying to tip it over. And then the good thing would happen is that Kevin in the office where he just breaks the glass and you just take everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank God, Nick. There's a Taco Bell literally 40 feet from me. I'm looking at it right now. Nice. Heck yeah. Honestly, we've talked about Taco Bell before on this show. We have. Uh Honestly, might might have been a blessing in disguise. There you go. Anyway, Taco Bell is fantastic. all right. So, so Zach's joining us from just outside outside Champaign, Illinois. Zach, man, what's what's your opinion? I guess just let's talk about quarterbacks to begin because I think it's been relatively quiet. Like we've had this multi week conversation of all right, is Heinrich Harburg now the the full time starter? Is he just the starter during Jeff Sims' injury? It starts to feel like Jeff is now pretty healthy, healthy enough to play tonight. Uh, all indicators are, are saying. How do you see this thing 
kind of sh- shaping up this this afternoon in the evening? I mean, uh, where's your just your mindset on Nebraska's quarterbacks right now? Well, first off, I I think it's pretty clear that Harburg is the starter right now. I mean, I know um how could he not be, right? Like you're going to hold the Michigan game against him? Like no. And he actually that was probably his best passing day. Like he showed some progress and improvements there. Um but after the two game the two great performances, at least running the ball and uh how effective he was in those two games and the flashes he showed at Michigan, um he still only had one turnover against arguably the best defense in the country. Um, And I I think it's also pretty clear based on the fact that on the official depth chart, I know Harburg and Sims are both listed as co-starters, but um, previously it was Sims listed on top, Harburg listed on the bottom for two weeks. And um, now the subtle change of Harburg on top, Sims on the bottom of that or which is just one of those subtle differences. It's like at the Jack with MJ Sherman now listed at the top with Prince Will and Chief Borders listed below them or below him, but they're all listed co-backups, even though that's not alphabetical. Sherman's a starter. Um, so a little, a little detail like that, but I, I mean, I think, I think that Harbor, I mean, I think you have to run them out there. This is the point I was going to make is um, people have talked about maybe you have Harburg out there for like two, three series in a row, and then you have like a designated series for Sims uh, to come in there. I just, I have a hard time believing they would do that. I know Rule said earlier this week, like about a potential rotating two quarterbacks. He said, I'll do whatever it takes to win. I just have a hard time believing that they'll do that um, because this this staff is so um, hell bent on continuity. They they preach continuity and um, consistency so much. I just think I don't think I just have a hard time envisioning that they'll um, that they'll be ro- like rotating quarterbacks in or like having Sims come in for a random series in the second quarter especially if things are going well now if Harburg's struggling and um not moving the ball not being effective on offense like they had been at NIU and La Tech then maybe you see Sims come in for a spark and like a opportunity to get his get his feet under him and start um building himself back up but that's sort of how I see it shaping up tonight now this is kind of a two-parter, but from the quarterback to the guys that are going to be catching the ball. First off, um, is there any way, any any kind of path to seeing Sims line up at a, at a tight end or a wing back and and maybe catch a couple of passes uh, from Heinrich in this game or you know in the near future? And then at the wide receiver position, you know we've seen Marcus Washington, we've seen Billy Kemp, we've seen Alex Bullock, and. Rule talked about the freshmen working their way up into the depth chart and working their way onto the field. Um, Jalen Lloyd, Malachi Coleman, Jaden Doss. Um, how much do you expect to see from the young guns in the wide receiver room? Yeah, the first one, I mean, obviously you would expect, based on um, previous history, that Harburg would be the one to slot in as a tight end or receiver because he has. He did that against Minnesota. And he's repped with the tight ends. I don't know if you'd, I don't think you'd do that with Sims. I don't know if it would be smart to do that. Um, and I mean, tack on the, the ankle injury that he's still coming back from. I don't think you can 
I don't think it would be smart to put him in that position. Um, but I mean, hey, we saw Phil uh, Phil Dracovic go there at uh, Pitt is now been practicing at tight end, so I guess anything's possible. But I I don't envision that either. But with the and with the young receivers, um, I think. I know everyone's antsy. I am too to see those guys get on the field. Um, but like retroactively looking back um, at sort of analysis in the off season and leading up through fall camp, I feel like I was, I was pretty on the money that like of the timeline of, I don't think that Malachi or those guys, I think it's going to be a slow process. And then maybe um, mid season or in game seven, eight, nine that's when you start to see them um get some more snaps and get more in the rotations as they just adjust to the college game college life um and satterfield's offense um so i i i feel like because of because the receiver room has been uh has been so thin and created or uh has devolved it into even more thin um I think there's some anxiety of like, why can't we get those young guys out there? But you also don't want to hinder their development if they're not ready or like hurt their confidence levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jaden Doss is, is interesting because he was, he was the guy that um, midway, a little past the midway point in fall camp. He's the one, he was the freshman receiver who was starting to gain the most steam, the most uh, saw his stock rising. We had uh, that, that one presser day it was after the first scrimmage and it was after um I think practice like number 14 of, uh, of fall camp. And that's when Jeff Sims talked about how Doss was, uh, Doss was really showing out. He had Satterfield talking about him and, um, his stock was rising on that day. And then of course, the very next day at the open media practice, the third, third and final one is when, uh, when Doss got hurt with the arm injury because, Nebraska sometimes can't have nice things as soon as, as soon as he started to uh, build up and um, heard praise coming, uh, coming about Doss, then he gets hurt. But I know the staff really likes him. They love what he can bring and that uh, some of his versatility and he's, he's traveling with the team this week and um, we'll said he hopes that he can finally get in. And I, I don't know how, how much he'll get in. I'm sure they'll probably ease his, He's uh, Doss back in, but um, I made on my bold predictions. I said if Doss plays, I have him going for um, four catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. Which do I actually believe that's going to happen? I don't know. I think it's a possibility, I guess. But um, I I would expect that if he plays, they'll they'll ease him back in and not give him the heavy workload. And um, it's sort of what we've seen from the how they've handled the young receivers so far this year. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. We're speaking to Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. And Zach, I guess Nebraska's going to get Cameron Lenhart back this week, um, or tonight, I guess, uh, against Illinois. How big is that? Because Nebraska's had a couple 
Uh, freshman Prince Will obviously has been talked about a lot this week. It feels like uh, they get they'll get Cam, Cameron Lenhart back, and then you know, a little bit of Riley Van Poppel we've seen at times throughout the the last couple of weeks of the year. I, I guess just how encouraging of a sign is that, uh, and then how big of an addition is is Cameron Lenhart returning to Nebraska's defense this Friday, or I should say tonight? Goodness. Yeah, I I mean, it's pretty big. You saw the, the Nebraska social media team put out the, the pregame yeah. hype video and Cam Lenhart was the first one first one there looking menacing and just with the word attack. So, um I'm sure they they wouldn't feature him if uh if he w- wasn't expected to be back to um full strength and I think that's just one small way to underline the importance of, uh, of his return. I know he's only a freshman, but he's been a, a breakout freshman. And last time, last time we heard from him, um, was, uh, obviously before the, the injuries, six snaps against NIU before he went down. Last time we heard him make, saw him make a noise was two sacks in the same series against Colorado. And, um, we saw what he brings to the table. He's, he's extremely important in that rotation. He's a co-starter. Um, and Nebraska, they were tied for the, the nation lead in sacks of 14 going into the Louisiana Tech game and then zero over the past two weeks. And Louisiana Tech's a little different. That was based on strategy. I mean, Nebraska wasn't really – number one wasn't bringing extra – really bringing extra pressure. And Louisiana Tech air raid offense trying to get the ball out quick. So um, there weren't really many opportunities for sacks, but – uh, then Michigan's offensive line is is as strong as it gets. So um, I think he brings such an added dynamic to that. And um, and Riley Van Poppel, like you said, these young guys like Rule has been pretty consistent with with wanting to bring those guys along, like those two, Prince Will and even Sua the uh, Fotu. Um, and I think it's crucial to get those guys extra reps, and they're they've been making the most of them. So I'm, I'm excited to see what Lenhart brings tonight. Uh, he's uh, hopefully back to full strength. What did you gather Zach from just the demeanor of a couple of the coaches this week? Because I I've been going back and forth on that after a 45 to seven loss to Michigan, right? And, and nobody really expected Nebraska to win. They expected them to be competitive and, and not fall over, you know, split in half and fall over and, and have, the game out of belief and out of reach by the end of the first quarter. It felt like in, in Memorial stadium, I guess after this or after that game on Monday, Matt rule comes out and, and is, is pretty, pretty fired up understandably. So, and Tony white, same way, I, I guess like they chose this week to publicly show that and publicly discuss in that manner. And I just, I wonder they must have, a pretty good amount of confidence that this team will bounce back because they can't come out next week after losing to Illinois and say the same thing and expect it to carry the same amount of weight. And you can't come back after, after rule said in the immediate aftermath in the post game press conference for Michigan, like, yeah, we'll find out what this team is made of. We'll find out who we are. We'll find out how I am as a coach. We'll find out uh, against Illinois and then if you come out and lay another egg, it's like, all right, well, I guess we. Yeah, it puts it puts sound out. It puts a lot of weight on tonight's game. Yeah, I I, I love that from from my perspective, and I think I think that uh, that sense of urgency, though, it feels like it's needed after after going out and just Michigan 
dog walked them throughout the entire game and Nebraska laid down effort wise. And I think that's what you've seen. You've seen two things. I think from the coaches this week is number one, pissed off. Like Tony white was clearly, um, and rule. They were clearly angry and also surprised. Like, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think they saw that coming. I didn't either. Like I thought my final score prediction was Michigan 34, Nebraska seven. So score wise, sure. It was, close to what it, the final score actually was, but I I envisioned the game going completely differently where it was going to be a 17-7 type of game into the third quarter, and then Michigan just um, slowly pulls away those three, four-yard runs by Corum, then turn to like 10-12 like over the course of the game, and they pull away. I didn't expect it to be that type of final score where there was just no, no fire intensity, and obviously – not having Luke Reimer and then Deshaun Singleton going down so early on defense, that did have an impact. But I mean, um, that's not, that's, that, that's not an excuse. Like that's not enough to have a team wide, um, team wide lack of effort there. And neither is going against Michigan. Michigan's awesome. But still, I thought, I thought it was going to be a game where Michigan came in confident, and then Nebraska would give them a fight mm-hmm. and um, be physical and aggressive. And then I thought Michigan would be leaving the stadium like with a like a comfortable win, but saying like, "Oh, we gotta watch out for Nebraska." Yeah, they 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 were giving it to us. That was like that was a classic Big Ten like physical battle. And then that just didn't happen. It was so one sided. So I think, yeah, I mean, I was surprised from that standpoint. I think the coaches were too. Like I thought, I bet they thought somewhat similar. Um, as far as how they're going to come out and respond to that, that opportunity, as they called it, that challenge. And so I think that's another reason why you're seeing the, the clear messaging through the media, which side note, not to keep rambling, but that's, it's always interesting that now rule is so public about um, the fact that I'm sending a message to my team. It's kind of refreshing because coaches do that, but yeah. he's very, he's very upfront about like, I'm, I'm, talking to my team here yeah uh, zach we we are gonna have to let you go unfortunately because we're up against the clock I, I guess just really quickly do you see nebraska getting the win tonight yeah i got nebraska 17 illinois 13 i think it's just gonna be one of those classic beautifully gross big yeah. 10 west football games on a weird a weird friday night game in a like a weird place to play in champagne like um, could be a sleepy game on a Friday night, and I, it's just sort of how I envision it going. Wouldn't surprise me at all if if, uh, if Illinois pulls it out. But um, ultimate swing game for both teams. Winners right in the thick of the Big Ten West race, believe it or not. Yeah. And loser just sees their bowl game odds really take a significant dip. But I've got Nebraska pulling it out. There you so go. you don't see anybody lighting the field on fire. Got it. No, no, not tonight. <laughs> There you go. Not awesome. Tonight. Maybe, maybe, maybe over the weekend. Who knows? I don't know when <laughs> Illinois homecoming. That's that's a good point. All right, Zach. Hey, appreciate it as always, man. Uh, good to talk to you after taking a couple weeks off here, and uh, have a safe trip back to Lincoln after hopefully a Nebraska win tonight. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Um, uh, looking forward to it. That is to it next week. That is Zach Carpenter of Inside Nebraska. Appreciate his time as always. Let's go ahead and take our final time out. It's Friday. It's the last segment of the happy hour. You know what that means? Weekend picks. We'll play the music. We'll bring Strick in. 
And uh, no Austin today until next Friday mm-hmm. uh, as uh, he's on baby duty. Baby watch is official. Herbert watch is official. Uh, and it's 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 commenced. So it's begun. And uh, however, Austin did send me his weekend picks. So we don't skip a week with Austin just being gone. Austin did text me his weekend picks. So we'll uh, we'll fill you guys on what Austin says and uh, get get the picks from me, Rico and Strick coming up after this as we wrap up the happy hour on 93.7 The Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.